You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The following is a scene from the new hit docuseries, For the Love of Francis. Part 1. Origins. Mother is in the kitchen preparing dinner, humming along, when little Eric walks in the front door, clearly upset, sniveling, and pouting. (laughs) Eric? Sweetie? What's the matter? Is it that little Jimmy again? It's no fair. Teacher gave him a better mark than me. Oh, sweetie, that bitch. Was it at math? Again? Mm-hmm. Jim, too. Oh, honey, don't you worry. You'll eventually beat him at something. You just have to find some ways to put him down. That way you can feel better about yourself. Like how? Hmm. Ooh, I know. Make things up about him. Things that aren't even true at all. And then you could tell all of his friends behind his back and pretend that they're really, really real. You mean kind of like what you and the writers do sometimes for the newspaper? Honey, I told you that's our little secret. But yes, you're getting the idea now. So you mean like when I pick my nose and then wipe it on someone else's desk, I can pretend like Jimmy did it? Ooh, good idea. Or when I have like a really smelly fart in class, I can... Point at Jimmy and tell everybody that he did it. See, you are a good learner. And I could tell everybody he really sucks at sports, even though he's really good at them. Ooh, keep going. Ooh, and then I'll tell everybody he hates our school. He doesn't even like it. He wants to go back to his old school because that's where he used to live. Oh, Eric, soon everybody's going to know who you are, especially Jimmy. Do you really think? But why would everybody believe me when he's so much better and... So much cooler than I'll ever be. Oh, Eric, the answer is so simple. It is? Yes. It's sitting right in front of you. Where? Eric, look at me. You could work for the newspaper. You could become a writer. You you could become a journalist. A journalist? Yeah. I could become a journalist. That's right, Eric. A journalist. But- Journalist. A journalist. (laughs) 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 A journalist. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. Cast, cast. Eric Francis, love him or hate him? Um, does anybody love him? Does his mother even love him? <laughs> you know, usually hear that uh, that saying, "Oh, he's got a face only a mother mother could love," but in this case, no. Mm-hmm. 
no. Eh. So I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, uh, the little Francis skit. What skit? That was uh, that was just straight up uh, just recording. Oh, yeah. of... No, that was that wasn't a skit. That was we took that off of A and E this morning. Yep, that was real real documentary share right there. That's some real stuff right there. The latest from from, uh, Eric Francis, I think we might have mentioned this, but so the latest thing circling around is he was on um, a Flyers podcast. I don't know why. Why would they have Eric Francis on there? Is he just looking for they? Oh, you know, he is. You know, he probably requested to be on that podcast. You know, (laughs) he's like, hey, where can I go bash Johnny Gaudreau a little more? Where could I pretend like he's going to oh, perfect? Let me go to talk to the Philadelphia podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so literally on the podcast, he's quoted. There's no doubt in my mind that Johnny Gaudreau will not be re- re-signing in Calgary. AKA he's going to resign in Philly. I think he's destined for Philadelphia was the second part of that quote. Um, probably the highlight of the night after Johnny dangled Connor Hellebuck right out of the stadium, do you think he's still looking for his job job strap? Dude, that thing is hanging so high in Bell MTS Center. He's never going to get it back. Like that was the dangle for all time. The only way that Connor Hellebuck is ever going to get his jock strap back is if you know, the, the rinks open back up and they're firing that t-shirt cannon and the, the guy <laughs> misses his aim and it just knocks a jock strap off the one of the rafters on the top of the ceiling. It's so free. Have you ever walked on that? Like, you know where the media is in the dome, like up top on the fucking like yeah, death, the, pre- the press box? Yeah. How it, that is so sketchy. I'm surprised that's like, that is so scary. It's just like dangling there. I love it. That's how high up his jock is. It's up there. And, um, you know, if it was at the Dome, then Eric Francis would probably be sniffing it right now. <laughs> well, you know he would. He's a definite jock sniffer. So if you thought that was the highlight of the night, you're wrong. Because the highlight of the night, and we think this is Johnny's sister, Katie Goudreau, after Francis goes on about how Johnny Goudreau is having a great start to the season. But he also slips in, he also slips in the, the, the shade too, right? Cause he can't just say Johnny Euro is off to a great start point per game over point per game, six goals. He has to throw in, took him 30 games to get to six last year. Oh, so fuck. he's got to throw in that. He's got to throw that, throw in that little dig. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's like it's like the documentary, you know, showed like he's he's got to put him down in order to feel better about himself. So exactly. that's all that's, that's all that's happening there. But Katie responds in the comments. Something to the effect of, can you say it a little louder for all the people trying to run him out of town, a.k.a. you. Katie with the heat, with the absolute roasting of Eric Francis. That thing blew up pretty quick. Um, you, I don't know. Did you screenshot it? You, I you screenshotted passed, it. Yeah. You passed it along to me, which is good because it's, by the time I went to look at it, it was already gone. Now I originally had thought Francis deleted it because it said the, the author had deleted the tweet, but I'm not sure it could have even been Katie. Someone was suggesting it was probably Katie because that thing blew up fast and she probably didn't want to get Johnny in trouble or anything. So, <laughs> 
Yeah, at, at the time that I looked at it, it was like 8 p.m. and had like 200 and whatever likes. Simu- well over, like well over 30 retweets. Simultaneously to that happening, um, Ryan Leslie posts a photo of him with Francis in the broadcast booth, which was followed by about 150 comments on Twitter about how big a scumbag Eric Francis is. So well done, Twitter, if you're listening and you and you go on, if, if you're a Twitter user and you're listening to this and that was one of you, well done. And listen, the, the cat is out of the bag on this, is it not? It is like incredible because there's always been an undercurrent of this. We've been like an underground movement who don't like Francis. But now, dude, this shit's mainstream now. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great to see basically everybody piling on, everybody calling out this bullshit. This guy is going after Johnny Gaudreau, trying to run him out of town. We're we're convinced it's to you know to try and prove his own false narrative correct, so he can be right for something for once in his life. But now that Johnny Gaudreau's off to such a great start, he's now honing in on Dave Riddick. He's got his sights set on a new vulnerable guy who's struggling, which we saw coming out of the gate for the start of the season with the with the opening interviews. It was really Johnny and Riddick that harbored the most, I don't know, rude comments from Eric Francis. Like the guys are about to start their season and you're coming in and you're already shitting all over them. Well, yeah, his first question to Riddick after, again, we haven't seen Riddick in months. And he's like, how did you feel about Jacob Markstrom signing the six-year deal? Um, Aren't you just like really offended and like, oh, I'm never going to play, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what are you, Dave handled it well. He's like, what are you talking about? We have two all-star goalies now. It was like out of the gate, this guy's already coming. That's what bugs me. He always has to insert these dumb narratives into his questioning. It's like always this undertone of, you you can, and it's not hidden. It's not an undertone. I I shouldn't say that. It's like right out in the open. You can tell what he's trying to do. Like after two words are out of his mouth, it's insane. So listen, most of you listening, I like, you don't need any more encouragement, but we should all be trying to run Francis out of town. I don't know how exactly we do that, but how great of a feeling would it be as a fan base? If we had that power to be like, you know what? Francis is not getting renewed his contract next year. Well, and the thing is like, everyone's like his takes are bad he doesn't even know what his hockey takes are bad his you know dressing room takes are bad like does this thing act this guy actually know anything about hockey really no he's bad as a journalist and he makes shit up and he's he's like he's he's a dick and like like, that's pretty much it with this whole attack on gradual at the start of the season he's literally making up facts they're not even real at the start of the season he's been on this he's only kicked it into high gear in the past i mean he's been saying it since 2014 that oh he's gonna leave he's going to philly oh he's gonna leave he's gonna leave he's gonna leave and the thing is maybe he is gonna leave but i don't know why this guy has made it his goddamn life's mission to (laughs) shit all over the the time johnny Gaudreau spends in cal and spend it in calgary i don't know what is i don't know where he got this this strong conviction (laughs) To he's destroy try- Johnny Gaudreau's legacy in Calgary. He's trying to be the next Nordstradamus and predict Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, I predicted this. Watch it happens. Oh, I predicted this over eight years ago. I've been saying this for eight years. Listen to how great I am. Eight years. Well, yeah, he always likes to throw in, I've said that. I've always said this. And like all of his tweets, I've said this. I've always said this. Like, yeah, we know, Eric. We know you've been saying it. We know that you've been wrong all this time. You'll probably be wrong in the end. Let's hope to God you are. 
if I was if I was the Flames, I would sign Gaudreau to the most lucrative, ridiculous, terrible <laughs> contract, even if it ruins the financial future of the team, just to shut Francis up. Well, do you, think, do you think Johnny Gaudreau is going to sign here out of spite? <laughs> well, and here's the thing: are the players not starting to catch up on it? Somebody, um, somebody was saying that Rasmus Anderson, you know, gave him a short answer when he when Francis tried to pry about the players only meeting. But, um, like we we saw this with what's his nuts? Was it Voracek? No. Yeah, Jake Voracek, where he told that guy off. Yeah, it was Voracek. Yep, told the guy off. What, and right, rightly just, so. Just because you're in Philly, you're only allowed to do that? Come on. Like, Francis is that big of a dick, even though this is Calgary. Just do it. Everybody knows. Like, and here's the thing is, the way that this is, this is a, like you said, it's a movement. It's a growing movement amongst the fan base. So you know that, and if, look, if Katie Gaudreau is commenting, you think Johnny isn't aware of what's going on. You think the whole team isn't aware of what's going on. Just start watching um, some of the facial expressions when, when Francis gets his turn up to bat to ask a question at those press well, conferences. Yeah. And that's, what's good about these, these, uh, these like virtual where they have to call in because you've seen Matthews tell off Steve Simmons as well. They have to like announce like to what you're talking about, the facial expressions. They have to say like, okay, next up uh, Wes Gilbertson post media next up, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Next up, Eric Francis. And you can just see it's just like, yeah, I was just watching. Uh, I was kind of watching Johnny Gaudreau. He goes kind of starts staring off in a blank space. And then he he's so slimy. He starts with a compliment for Johnny Gaudreau. Hey, he, uh, you Dude, that's you his that's his formula. Johnny, you know, you're off to such a great start this year. Uh, Andrew, maybe you can tell us why, why, you know, Johnny's such a great player. This is like one of the oldest kind of slime bag tricks in the book, right? It's just, this is trying to flatter somebody. Well, he when, did that in the summer too, right? He's like, oh, so Johnny, you got engaged over the off season. It's like, hey, that's none of your business, dipshit. B has got nothing to do with hockey. And then he follows it up with, a lot of people have been saying you really had a shitty year last year. Oh, man. AKA me, the ringleader. Yeah, and that's the thing that he's trying to pivot to now to kind of like take off the pressure of he him being pretty much the only one saying Gaudreau was ass um, last year yeah. and should have been moved. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of people. Huh, a lot of people have been saying this. No, Eric, you're the only one that's saying it. And sure, I think there's a lot of people who are questioning if Gaudreau was ever going to be a be as effective as he was in 2018, 2019 after the season he had last year. But nobody was doing it with such gleeful disdain as Eric Francis. He's just like sitting in his room, smelling his own fart. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Johnny Gaudreau sucks. <laughs> it's just so oh, pathetic. That's his newest thing. Now is a lot of people. Yeah. As, soon, as soon as he opens something with a lot of people, you know that, you know, he's about just to, him. He's about to shit all over somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him. Exactly. All right. Moving on from Eric. Francis. And it's just, okay. Like literally five hours ago, he wrote an article about Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, here's the headline. The great players work on their weaknesses. Johnny certainly did that. Johnny Gaudreau's hot oh, start has my. lit up the stat sheet, but there's more to show for his early season turnaround than just offense. Oh, 
What a dick. This is exactly what you're saying. Hey, it's just like, uh, I'm wrong, but only because I was right. Right. He's just like, he, yeah, exactly. He's like leaning into it. He's like pretending to be like that coach who like challenges a player and then they, they he's improve. Like, he, he's taking credit for Johnny Gaudreau coming out to the hottest start of all time. Yeah. he's That's what he's doing. <laughs> Literally, the- <laughs> if you really look into that headline layer by layer, that's what he's doing. He's taking credit. Yeah, he's going to be like, when the Flames win the Cup and Johnny Gaudreau has been great, he's going to be like, oh, I challenged Johnny Gaudreau at the beginning of the season and he was better because I challenged him. A lot of a lot of people lot of- have been challenging him. No, he wouldn't go a lot of people there. He'd just go, I challenged Johnny Gaudreau. I did it. He'd be like, a lot of people were giving me a hard time for making Johnny Gaudreau better. Yeah, I predicted that he would be better. I knew all along. What he needed to see success. He just needed some tough love. Like <laughs> I got from my mom. All right. Oh, Moving man, on man. from Eric Francis. Tough love. Moving on from Eric Francis. He's going to have us murdered. Yeah. No shit, eh? Okay. Moving on from Eric Francis. Um, let's get to DraftKings. We couldn't plug it in the beginning because look. We had we to that, give you. We, we had, had that to, exclusive audio. We, we had it was like breaking this morning. Exclusive. Somebody emailed that. It got leaked. It's not my voice, people. I swear. Yeah. So, have you got the DraftKings app yet? I've got it. I've I got betting. it. Have you bet yet? No, I'm kind of scared, bro. The betting's kind of weird, but there's I don't all, trust myself. There's all sorts of dollar ranges you can get on there. The key is if you sign up as a new user, use the the THPN promo code. That way. They know that we sent you, and if we sent you, they're going to give us a big deal. So it's a big deal, guys. So here's your DraftKings ad. We got um, the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, and they have some free some free contests that you can get into. I actually entered into that one that they're, they're referring to. It's free, so you could win money. You don't have to pay anything. Here it is. All right, it's Super Bowl 55 this weekend. A game this big deserves a big prize. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with the Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. All you got to do to get in on this is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Once you've submitted your picks, you're going to get a free instant prize up to $25,000. For the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of a million bucks. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, and you're going to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. They know a thing or two about big paydays. So all you gotta do is download the DraftKings app and use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everybody gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl? I guess I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Dude, this one should not disappoint. You got the probably, look, you got the greatest quarterback of all time, and you got Mahomes, the up-and-coming you know, second best created quarterback of all time. So I don't know, man. I, I, I've come to just like Mahomes has got me interested in NFL football. You're a big Mahomes guy. I'm a Mahomes guy. I just, dude, have you watched him? Just watch him. This is unbelievable. It's like watching Johnny Gaudreau play hockey. 
He kind of looks like Johnny Gaudreau too, a little bit. Yeah, he's kind of got yeah. that Johnny Gaudreau vibe. Yeah, he does. Kind of the weird squiggly hair and yeah. whatever it is. So I don't know. I think I don't. I don't even know like what the bookies have this at, like who they have favored. But um, it should be interesting. And you know what's? You know what else is interesting? This is the first time that a team in the Super Bowl has played in the host city. So it's because Tampa Bay is hosting this. I gotta say. I've never really, I'm not a big football guy. I've never really understand this host city thing because one of the most, one of the best things about like getting to the finals in any sport is that you get to have these finals games in your home town. I've, I've, I've never really understood this. I guess this is a football thing. Maybe I just don't get it. Dude, I totally agree, but I, I, you know what? I do kind of see the side of it. We've done with the great cup. Great cups, obviously, is just a fraction of what the Super Bowl is, but the great cup makes it makes it a national event. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of cool, but I mean it, for the team, yeah. like it'd be uh, it's cool in its own way, but I would definitely prefer you know, I got to I got to complain about everything. I'm sorry. No, I think you're it's well warranted there for sure. But Murphy's law, the first time it ever happens in history, <laughs> it's covid. <laughs> right? Come on. Yeah. Can't make the, you can't make the stuff you can't up. Can't make folks. this shit up. Can't make this stuff up. All right, so let's go to any updates. Uh, we got Sam Bennett updates. Listen, um, last podcast was spent a lot of time on Sam Bennett. Um, oh yeah, here's another article by Eric Francis, basically talking about how big of a yeah. What the hell was that? How big of a I don't know, like what dick? Would you call it? How big of a dick move? It was Selfish Sam dick Bennett. Sam Bennett is. And the the tone of it was just like oh. Poor Bradtree living in the management, having to put out fires and deal with this. Oh, he had no idea. Really? You had no idea uh, that a player who's been there for f- six years is unhappy. I'm pretty sure they knew. And if you don't know, that was a then, weird, that was a weird article. You got, you yeah. A bigger issue. The, all yeah. that is, is him sucking up to Bradtree living in, yeah. the, in the management. Come on. That was like some really shoddy shit from francis and like and usually his articles are shoddy but that was like there's like no references there's nothing there's nobody quoted he was just very being very speculative and very like i don't know it was, it was even more tabloidy than a regular eric francis article he's just like it's way out of line for sam bennett he's we'll got to call know what he wants yeah be a man and step up to the plate and just tell brad you living yeah, that's exactly what he was like well stop short of calling it selfish I was like, Eric, what are you what are you on, bro? Like, bro, you okay? could you bro, could you stick your nose up Brad your Living's butthole any more than it is? <laughs> like, seriously. It's pretty weird. Okay. Anything else on Sam? I mean, we're gonna have to follow that tread. Like, obviously, we we saw it the first night that that broke, which is funny because if the organization had no clue like Francis is talking about, then Ward wouldn't have known. So it's just a coincidence that he was getting much more ice time that first night. I it definitely it. wasn't. It definitely wasn't. And, and it's definitely not a coincidence. He's riding shotgun with Gaudreau and Monahan all of a sudden. Yeah. So we'll, we'll follow that storyline. Um, listen, we know how Brad true living rolls. I don't think he wants to ever put a negative light on any part of his organization, which I don't mind. I mean, I get that. Um, so for, for people to report that it's been, you know, radio silence, I, I understand that. And I respect that he's trying to protect everybody involved. So 
I don't know. Is there a point where he comes out and addresses it? Or are we never going to hear from it again? Or we're going to have to wait for another, you know, article from Eric Francis to tell us what's not going on? Well, the thing is, like, again, like we keep saying this, is there has been no confirmation of a formal trade request from Sam Bennett himself or by the team. Like, and if you listen to Elliot's initial report, which still stands true, all that happened was is he phoned the agent, Sam Bennett's agent, and said, hey, is like you said, is a change of scenery off the table? And the agent pretty much said no. Yeah. As far as we know, there has been, and, and Elliot even said that, he was like, the Flames aren't in any rush, aren't in any hurry to get this done. So I think everyone's got to remember that. It's not like Sam Bennett is pulling a PLD right now. No, like he's not like I'm. I need out of here. I'm gonna not try. I'm gonna pull my way out of town. I'm gonna get out of here no matter what. That doesn't seem to be the case. All that seems to be the case is if there was something that made sense for the team and the player, they would they would agree to mutually part ways. So, I think that's the most important part of this for everybody to kind of remember is like I don't think the Flames are dying to get rid of him, and I don't think Sam Bennett is necessarily dying to get out of town. Obviously, part of it was a play to get him some more ice time. It's working. <laughs> it's yeah. working. He I didn't mean, do dick all with Joe Monahan against the Jets the other last night, but it's he's getting some he's getting some better ice right well, now. Well, and listen, this is this is part of what your agent's role is. This is why he he makes so much money when yeah. you sign a contract, and he has a vested interest, even for dollar books, let alone you know his own portfolio and who he can attract as other players. That Sam Bennett gets a nice big contract you brought this up right like sam bennett's in a contract year if he's going to waste her way into the fourth line and brad doesn't trade him trade him and he doesn't want to recite him like how much money can, can can sam argue you know to get paid in the next in his next contract versus if he's actually getting ice time and he's got a bit of a game and he's getting some goals right like that could be the difference of like you millions know. of dollars in a crisis like right like yeah. millions of dollars are on the line for him right now even yep. if like, even if he was perfectly happy in Calgary, he's going to do whatever he can to make like, again, millions of dollars on the line right now. So, and probably his, uh, a large chunk of his NHL future. So he's, he doesn't want to screw around and neither does his agent right now. Yeah. So like no surprise there that the agent does this. I think that's a good move. And obviously I disagree with Francis, not just because he's Eric Francis and he's an idiot, but like th this is, this is cool. This is good. Like, look at the effect it's having already, and it's already probably forced conversations that, hey, sometimes you just got to rip the bandit off, right? If you can't pussyfoot your way around and, you know, in the NHL, if you're a player trying to communicate with a general manager or a head coach about stuff, like, you just you got to be direct. Um, this is probably forced them to have a conversation and come up with a game plan. Come, come up with an internal game plan. Come up with an external game plan, right? Come up with an exit strategy if it needs to be, like, that needs to be on the table too. So... I, well, yeah, I and like Francis talking in these kind of like <laughs> he's kind of living in fantasy land. Like he should just be a man and own up to the team. Well, it's like, dude, again, millions of dollars are on the line. You know, like it's, it's not playtime for for some of these guys. He's not just like thinking, you know, what the good and honest thing to do would be for me to go to Brad Tree Living and be like, you know what, Brad, here's exactly what I want. It's like, no, these are very litigious contracts and very. Um, advanced negotiations, right? It's not like, again, millions of dollars for team and player. So 
it's it's a little more complicated than just like you know like francis kind of making it out to be it's just like oh trade me or like you know like it's it's not playtime this is yeah. like imagine you are sam bennett and ima- imagine you're at a job and <laughs> the interview is for millions of dollars like there's going to be a lot more thought that goes into it than just like oh i should just you know oh and just tell the truth and not be selfish here it's like this is a the big day, boy negotiation. The days of Gordy Al accepting like yeah. minimum are over. Like we're we're well past that. And this is the agent's role. Like he's doing his job, right? Like he's got to go to bat for his players. And you know, if if he doesn't, and there's a situation where he sees, you know, one like this playing out, where we saw with Fro League's agent last year, call it out. Hey, if you see bullshit, call bullshit, right? You know, they're a third party and you know, sometimes it stirs the pot a bit, but this pot needs to be stirred. So, yeah. And I mean, it's becoming, you're seeing this is you just saw with Pierre-Luc Dubois. You've seen it a little bit. Players are taking control now more so than ever in the NHL. Like the NBA has always been like this, or it's been like this in the past 10 years, at least. Um, NHL players are done. Like, okay, I'm just going to take what I can get. You know, it's like, they want to be in control of their future. And I mean, that's their, that's their prerogative, and that's their right. Yep. So it's not really like, I think people are surprised. I, I don't know why people are as surprised as they are, or they're like dumbfounded or they're like, Oh, Sam Bennett should just shut up and play. It's like, why? Yeah. And to clarify, it's like, sure. We see with Johnny and Monty. I look, I don't think that's the best fit. No, me. I, I, I think you nailed, you know, you nailed it on the head. We were on the, the bring leaf podcast as guests the other day. And basically, you know, what you're saying is that, look, I think what we've all learned by now, especially given the last, you know, round of playoffs that we just saw, Sam Bennett is a third line center or winger, probably maybe preferably a center with the right wingers. We saw how effective he was in the playoffs. We know that he's a playoff performer, you know, and we've been advocating like, look, do what you have to do to get him some regular season success, get him some players to play with. Now, the fact that you already have three centers, you know, screws everything up. So there's other issues there as well. But the point with the whole agent thing, the point where everybody's, you know, that we're advocating is either trade them or use them. Exactly. Like this, this in-between stuff has got to stop. That's why his agent, agent came out and said something. Because look, we all love the guy. The last thing you want for him is get fucked over by Calgary because that's what's happening right now. And like, hopefully they can find a way to utilize them. Well, and again, he, you think about being in control of the situation um, because what's his fate if he stays on the flames? He probably maybe gets selected by the Kraken or maybe he doesn't get signed. He just take, He's taking control of the situation, essentially. So yeah. I don't have any issue with that, especially like you said, they've been jerking him around. It's, it hasn't been made clear what his role is. So wh- why not take... Why not take charge of the situation if you're Sam Bennett or Sam Bennett's agent? Say, okay, listen, like, fucking use me or let me go somewhere else. Yeah. Now, I still think Ward's got his work cut out for him. Like, where does he slot in? This roster is already so, it's so yo-yoed, right? You got, like, there's, there's, there's it's a mishmash. You got stuff all over the place. Like, yeah. I don't know where Sam Bennett fits in, so. Well, dude, like, I don't, like, <laughs> I don't know where Michael Backlund fits in. I don't know where exactly. Mike Andrew Mangiapane fits in. It's like, I know what I would do with those guys, but the way they're being used right now, I don't know where they fit. Okay. Let's get to some game game. Let's break down these games. 
Um, Cause we'll get to some line stuff I'm sure within that. And we might even get to, you know, where we might want to see Bennett. Um, that first game against Winnipeg four, three overtime win. What a hockey game. Like I, like, look, if you're just not even a flames fan, not even a Jets fan, and you're just kind of channel surfing, you're like, you'll watch a little bit of hockey. Like say, you, you know, your team's not playing. What a game to watch. That was so much fun. Back and forth, back, like the pace of that game. That was shades of like 18, 19 flames. I was just like, man, that was a fun game to watch. And game two had good pace too, but the pace of that first game, and there's like no whistles either. No, nope. just <laughs> the first period down. was done in like 10 minutes. It felt like this is up and down, back and forth, right? The skating was unbelievable. The puck movement was unbelievable. Yeah, that was a wild game. So, and, you know, obviously when we win to top it off and, you know, you win in an exciting fashion, it makes it even that much greater, but um, just an overall great game. So I posted something on, on Twitter after the fact there was three, three calls that I would challenge for sure. The Dubé hold was the last of the three, but those first two penalties that led to the first two goals, questionable in my mind. I mean, if you slow it down frame by frame, does Hannafin even trip the guy? Like he kind of, he kind of wall no. loses his balance, right? Like yeah. you're allowed to stick check in this league, right? You, think sure, you, so. you, you can't have your stick up in the hands area. We know that you can't be hooking, but you can still stick check on stick check and try and win a battle. Can you not? And if a guy falls down, is that your fault? Apparently. So look, like I said, you slow it down frame by frame. I'm not even convinced that the stick makes contact with the skate. Like it, Dude, so, it looked like he kind of just he fell on his own. I don't. I didn't think it looked like that. He fell down. So. And then the Geo one. Did that guy not fall on his own? Yes. <laughs> First, That's what I get. It's like, oh, it's it's hard. There's four guys out there. Like you can't get that right. Come on. And do you see how late his arm went up? He yeah, was, he he, he was thought like about it. Yeah. So my issue is, look, you have a great hockey game going on. Mm-hmm. it's fantastic don't they understand that like i don't understand these, like look i understand refs are trying to make calls right they're trying to call penalties somebody said it you know maybe best i don't know it's the difference between like looking for calls and trying and trying to make make calls right that the dubay one was just like I don't know. I don't know which one is worse. Like the Hannafin one kind of looked like you could maybe tell from one angle, but the geo one is brutal because the, the, the officials right there, right. There. Watches it happen. And then there's probably about like a good, what, like two, two and a half, two count before he puts his arm up. So it was like, he didn't think it was a penalty. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, geo and whoever it was make a little bit of contact near the bottom of the circle. That's when the contact was. And then the guy took two or three steps and then lost his balance. And I mean, the Dubé one, he just body checked him. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> like, it was so bad. Like, I would say, like, who was it? Ehlers that had the puck when Dubé hit him? Yeah. Like, Ehlers is the one who reached down with his with yeah. his arm to kind of grab Dubé's arm. Like, he's sure. the one who brought Dubé down more than anything. It was, it was terrible. And the only reason why we're spending time on it is because that almost cost you the game. Yeah, in, in game one, it cost you a point for sure. Yeah, because those two, those first two penalties, they score back to back goals on. Which, by the way, how good is Kyle Connor? Dude can snipe. Wow, sure ugly though. 
I, does he, dude, I was saying to to my brother, I'm like, this guy does not look like a hockey player. Like, if you saw him, <laughs> you saw him just walking on the street, like, that guy's definitely an accountant. He looks like, yeah, or he looks like some kid you like went to high, some weird kid you went to high school with. Is like that's oh, there's Kyle, like, and then like he works at like Dairy Queen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like drives up, drives an old souped up truck. Is like he does not look like a hockey player. Dude can shoot the puck though. No offense to any accountants or people that work at Dairy Queen. Yo, I wish I, was, I wish I work at Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen rules. Dude, they have some of those. Okay, as far as like cheap burgers go, Dairy Queen Dude, is like 99 centers. It's the best. There's literally probably nothing better. Not that I've eaten one in like 10 years. And like a Dairy Queen hamburger with fries and like a blizzard or some shit. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. Bad calls. Bad calls. And, and you... <laughs> And look, we got a little bit of love back from the hockey god gods with Tanev's beauty from the far blue line. I like, I love how like it was all over blast all over social media. Like, oh yeah, Tanev scores from center ice. It's like, yo, that wasn't center ice. That was the far blue line. That was beyond. He was behind the far blue line. That was insane. It's funny because I don't know what I was doing. I didn't get home until, or I don't know. I missed it or something. I missed the goal and I saw the tweet. It was like, oh, that's quite the. First goal for Chris Tanev, and I thought he had like maybe put it in his own net or something based on the tweets I was seeing. That was insane. And I mean, dude, okay, Chris Tanev, great defensive defenseman, but I can see <laughs> I can see where he's lacking in the offensive department. How many times is this guy gonna flub a shot this season? It's hilarious that that one went in. This guy had so many 10 bell uh shots like right in the slot that he just whiffs. Well, he hit the post. Oh, yeah, that's right on that two on one. He almost had two. Damn. Um, I think part of it is the stick's too long. He obviously has a long stick to defend, but yeah, but you know, yeah, when he shoots he, and stuff, he like whiffs on it all the time. He's got a stick for defending, not shooting. Yeah, which, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with. I mean, obviously, if you're a forward, <laughs> it's, it's a different story. I mean, but anyways, so then um, Johnny from Valmacki, unbelievable right, to cut the lead in half. I that they play, call that the Zorro play. That play by Valmacki. How delicious was that? Dude, like, come on. Like, again, I know Yuso has been, he hasn't been getting some hate, but he's been getting some, I would say some, oh, he's. He's been getting some heat. Yeah, like, oh, he's keeps screwing up. He's making some mistakes. Somebody, it might have been Francis. I don't want to attribute to this to him. But somebody had asked him about like, oh, you've been making a bunch of mistakes and shit in one of the pressers. I really don't think so. He's had some bad luck. But dude, outside that, of that, dude that has was, looked dynamic as shit. That was Francis. Must have been. I can't see anybody else asking that. So it's always Francis. But I mean, that play, like he he retrieves the puck in the neutral zone and just flies right into the zone. Beautiful pass. And the Flames exploited that. Uh, the Jets kind of had lack coverage on that side because Kachuk scored a very similar goal last night too. But great play, great finish. Uh, man, I haven't fist pumped that hard in a while. Yeah, like that that was sexy and it, and it was nice to see Val Mackey was such a great play, right? Like yeah. he 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 comes down to join to join the play first off. He reads the play and he picks it up real quick. He already knows where it's going before the, he even gets the puck. And just the execution of that pass, like just a tip in. Yep, absolutely beautiful. And again, like that that's why plays like that remind you why, yeah, mate, it's a good thing we didn't trade this guy. <laughs> For, for even Mark Stone, because he's going to be so good. Yep. So 
right? Now you're that's third period now, right? So you you went down two goals to start the first. You got that lucky one in the second, and by now it's a good game, right? And that goal by Johnny from Valamaki just cued probably the 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 best ten minutes of Calgary Flames hockey we've seen this season. Maybe it was more like eight, but it was just chance after chance after chance after chance. Like you knew it was a matter of time. That was old school flames right there. You knew it was a matter of time. They were pressing. Yeah, you're right. Old school flames. And then Pani with the first goal of the season buries it. Yeah. Johnny scores. Lindholm had that chance that I don't know how that stayed out. Um, oh. That was insane. I think Pani had another chance. Like you said, Tanev hit the post. You imagine Tanev had two goals, but they can like keep pressing, going, 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 going scores. Yeah. And then that was no happen right up in there, right? Yeah, dude, he got the shot that led to the rebound. Yeah. And Noah Hannafin's been all over the net. Like he's been he, awesome. As of right now, man, we'll do some power rankings, but he's one, Tanev's two. Oh, easily. As like of right now, like he's been so good in the offensive zone. It's it's almost mind blowing. This is what I was like hoping for. I was like, he could maybe be Shea Theodore Light. And man, he's looking that way so far this season. So this has changed a bit from, you know, two podcasts ago, but I'm going to go as of right now, February 4th, eight games in, Hannafin 1, Tanev 2, Valamaki 3, Nestrov 4, Geo 5, Ras 6. Ras has, Ras has been garbage. Ras has been ass. The last two games, and that, okay, we'll get to the game two in a sec. But that, that was all. Actually, no, this is game one. He game one, up. you're thinking of. He had so many giveaways. Like, Markstrom had to bail him out twice. Like, I, I, what was he doing? Well, here's the thing. You got all the control in the world, right? You're, you're, it's two, it's, you're up ahead now, 3-2. And there's a face-off in the offensive end. I think there's like, about, what, five minutes left? Clean draw back to Rasmus Anderson, and he lets it go through his stick. The play comes down all the way to the Calgary Flames end. You're stuck in there for two minutes now. And then he finally gets a chance to, to, to break out with nobody around him. He had all the time in the world. He could have passed two different guys. He could have skated it up. He could have chipped it up the boards. He tried to do this fancy flip up, flip it up, you know, high and clear it out icing. I don't know what his, that's what's weird to me is his decision-making with the puck has been pretty terrible yeah like it's 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 weird because it's not like he's been um you know struggling or the, the like on on the end of some bad bounces like dude has been caught out of position and has been making really bad plays with the puck i don't know what's going on with him and he's honestly i don't like him on pp1 now either me neither he keeps firing those shots when he shouldn't um he hasn't looked nearly as dangerous he hasn't been distributing the puck very well I don't really know what he's trying to do on that top power play unit. Even on those, uh, the drop back bump backs. Oh he, yeah. He can't even dude, execute those. Dude. He almost gave that one away. Did you see that one? He like, yeah. he like put it right in the feet of that Jets guy. Johnny had to be like super, super aggressive on that. And he poked it away, but yeah, he looks, he looks lost out there. So I don't know what's going on with Rasmus Anderson and geo. I mean, geo just kind of looks like he's, Old? struggling and old like you can still tell he's given he's like going balls out all the time yeah um but i mean yeah rasmus just looks lost out there for a lot of the time yeah 
All right. So you, then you, you know, jets tied up, you get to overtime was pretty good. Oh, I think nothing really stood out. I don't understand. Like, are we not at the point now where you should have Valimaki instead of Rasmus Anderson with Johnny Imani in overtime? Is it too soon? 100%. Didn't they have him out there? They did. Well, they yeah. had Ras with Monty and Johnny, though. They had Valimaki out for a shift, too, because I remember... With those two? A, yeah, there was a play where John, Johnny shot it, or something happened, and it was coming to Valimaki, and Johnny kind of preemptively grabbed the puck. Valimaki had a good oh, look. yeah, that was near the end, right? But yeah, Valimaki was out there. Yeah, because you know what? Dipshit asked him about it after the game, Francis. He was like, oh, you've been struggling. You've been, you know, on the ice for a lot of bad goals. How does it feel when your coach puts you out on three on three? So he was out there. So solid overtime. We go to a shootout and okay. Okay. I don't know if I'm more impressed by. I know. Johnny Gidrow, Sean Monaghan. Or Jacob Markstrom. Like literally. Oh, dude. That was was a three-man show, but. Sean Monahan, you want to talk about making it look easy. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how, like, seriously, do you know how hard that is? Like, it was like a slingshot. I didn't even see, I didn't, I don't know how goalie's supposed to stop that. Like, how are you supposed to know when he's going to release that? I didn't, I still don't understand the physics of how he shoots it Dude. like that with such velocity bar down. Like, I didn't even see a stick move. Here's the thing, man. If you're looking at his body from like the knees up, you don't even know you shot the puck. <laughs> it's true. It's like, and then not only does he shoot the puck, he fucking snipes it bar down. That yeah, shot is that's un- insane. That so. shot is unbelievable and unstoppable. Unstoppable. So, Monty gets us on the board. Um, we're up one nothing. You knew. You knew when Connor was coming down, it was getting tied up. Like you just knew. Yeah, the you guy, could tell. The guy, listen. All due respect to Shifley and Wheeler, but man, Cal Connor is the best player on the Jets. Listen, I think Patrick Line. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Dubois. Is he going to be in tomorrow? Okay. But Kyle Connor, Kyle Connor sniped the shit out of it. But I mean, how good is Jacob? Like, I know Dave Riddick has had some really good shootout games, but man, I didn't think for one second Shifley or Wheeler was scoring. No, well Shifley. He came down. As soon as somebody stops in the slot like that, they're yeah. not going to score. Like, and Wheeler should have been called dead anyways. Like, unbelievable. Do you know how insane of a save that is for Markstrom, considering yeah, that Blake that Wheeler was... straight up stopped? Yeah, that was that was yeah, insane. Talk, talk about waiting him out. That was amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. So then the uh, the head coach Jeff Ward elects to go with the guy who hasn't scored a, a goal yet this year. Okay, I gotta say. And I got to say, as your third shooter, you got the hottest guy in hockey right now. Well, maybe in the, I guess you got a lot of good players in the Canadian division. The hottest guy on the team, Johnny Gaudreau. How is he not your automatic third shooter? I got to say, I was very happy with what, for the most part, with what Jeff Ward was doing in that game. I let out an audible what the fuck when I saw Josh Levo at center ice. Because what the fuck? Like, here you are. You're like, Kate, who's number three? It's got to be Johnny, right? Like, who else? who else could it be? And by the way, nice duff, Kachuk. Okay. <laughs> he's got, he's always had that issue. See, the problem with him is that he, even when he's shooting the puck in, in the game, he's just a little too out of control all the time. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Eh? He's like, like his whole body. It's like, jello. yeah, it's like <laughs> he tries to shoot and he's like flailing around or it goes flying yeah. 20 feet up in the air. 
He he's needs to be a little more in control when he's shooting the ball. Just reel it in a little bit, Chucky. Yeah, just like a bit. So you're sitting there, and you're like, it's gotta be Johnny. Like, who else would it be? You're going on like the roster in your head. And then it's Josh fucking Dude, Levo. I didn't even question it. I didn't say who is it gonna be. Like it didn't cross my mind once that it wasn't going to be Gaudreau. And I see Josh Levo out there, and I was like, what the actual fuck? And all I could think about is this especially after they won, is like this team is only going to win to the degree that they can outplay their coach's stupid decisions. Yeah, that's a prime example of it. It was moronic. What is you doing? Could you imagine if Perot comes down or, or I guess it was tied, right? So you would have got Johnny regardless. But You would have no, got him, but. That was legal for the win. Fuck, that's frustrating. Dude, I'm, I'm going to go there and say this right now. There's got to be some sort of weird rule by the hockey gods that you don't score your first goal of a regular season in a, in a shootout, shootout unless it's like three games in like, and I mean, Levo again, I was yelling this because like Levo was good that night, but it was this dumb shit. We were talking about with his hunches. It's like, yeah. he's got this hunch. He's got this he's, weird. He's trying to find a hero. So he yeah. looks like a hero. Exactly. It's like, no, put the best guy on the ice. Who's going to give you a chance to win the game, which you saw 90 seconds later. If they had if they had lost that game because of that decision, there would have been hell to pay for Jeff Ward. So we're gonna officially call that the jockstrap deke. Is that does that sound good? That's an incredible deke. Like, how did he even come up with that? That's Patrick KNS. And this is what we've been saying. Why isn't he deke when he goes in on a shootout? I right? don't care if you end up going five hole like you did, because you just deke the pants out of the guy. Exactly. Don't like come he... down and shoot five hole or just do the backhand five hole, Johnny. It's not gonna work. Deke the pants off of somebody. Then go five hole. That, to go back five hole, like that will work 100% of the time, right? I can't believe that, we've never really seen that move before. The guy is so open, right? The, like the last thing you're thinking in your head is, oh, don't go back five hole because he's already done like 12 moves. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was insane because I, he must have been practicing that move because for him to pull that off just off the cuff, if he was able to do that, like, go to his backhand, see that he didn't have what he had and go back to his forehand and stuff at five hole. That's like that dude's brain must work at an insane level. Cause man, that, that was nasty. That looked just like Patrick Kane. That was crazy. Crazy. And so, so, you know, you post the stats after the game, we pretty much owned them on the expected goal share. Hey, yeah. 17 high danger chances to four at five on five, huge, huge advantage there. I played them big time. So if you take away those two iffy calls with the two power play goal snipes for Connor, like we dominate yeah, that game. Absolutely. That that so, was that was probably the best performance I think we've seen from the Flames this season. Now I would have loved to rather have a regular seat, regular uh yeah. regulation win. Cause every point is a four point game in the standings. But hey, to walk away with a win there, totally. that, that felt pretty good, dude. Yeah, that was uh, um, I was riding high pretty good after yeah, that one. Me too. I was stoked. So then you get the back-to-back game two, Riddick's and Net. Um, now, Riddick got a lot of flack in that game. He had a rough first period. But that first goal, right, you got a PP. Your PP2 comes out. You know, why is Lucic even part of the breakout is my question. Dude, the how only- many – the only thing he maybe he's good for, like I'll argue against this anyways, that he's good in front of the net. Because if you got to be effective in front of the net, you can't just be, you can't just screen the goal. You got to be able to to pick up the rebounds and slam it home, right? Like, does he, does he tell me he has hands in tight to, to finish if he gets rebounds there? 
Maybe, but it still doesn't <laughs> like why has he got the puck there? And again, even if you have the puck, that's the thing with Lucci, just like his job is to pretty much just don't screw up when you're on the ice. That's all you need to do. Right? Just don't be a liability defensively. Now you think you could count on that count on him for that at five v four. Apparently not. Now there were some people people arguing that wasn't that bad of a turnover. Come on, like Dude. no, that's a that's one of the worst turnovers I've seen in a long time. Go back and look at it. If you have nobody around you, nobody even pressuring you, and you give the puck away, that's a fucking bad turnover. That's that's unforced error to the nth degree, especially the way he just did it blindly and like nonchalantly. Like I, I'm sorry, that's that's an egregious, and I mean. That was a team effort on that one because I don't know what the shit Dubé and Backlund were doing, nor do I know what Mangiapane and Gio were doing. Um, because if you look at the screenshot of when Trevor Lewis shoots the puck, there's five Calgary Flames in the in the shot and one jet in between all of them roofing the puck. So that was a team effort, but I mean, the catalyst for that is, let's an egregious giveaway. I'm sorry. That goal does not happen if Milan Lucic makes a pass and doesn't turn it over. Yeah, and I mean, what's Riddick supposed to do? Like... He's right in the slot, blowing a one-timer. Like, I'm sorry, that, that goal is not on David Riddick. That's a good shot. Now, yeah, the goal is not on David Riddick. However, I believe that Markstrom would have had it. Yeah, totally. And I think the same goes for the second goal. So I think the same goes easily for the second goal. I mean, that's the one where you kind of fault him. Again, it was a it was a terrible defensive play. I don't know what they're doing on the back check. Like you let Derek Forbert blow by you on the rush and Forbert can snipe. I guess we never saw that in a flames uniform. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is like, okay, Dave, if you get beat clean by Derek Forbert, there's probably only one person to blame for that. And that's yourself. Or so I got to say also just one, every time we play the jets now, I, I do you, I listen on the radio a lot because I drive a lot. Fucking Wills enunciates Forbort so hard. Forbort, Forbort, Forbort. It's Forbort. Forbort. He's like Forbort. Barclay, Barry, Bert, Fort. Ah, come on, Fort. <laughs> Anyways, getting beat by Derek Forbort, not a great look. And yeah, so the Jets, they score, what was that? Well, like within two minutes of each other, right? That was pretty quick. That was 30 bang, seconds. Bang. 30, 30 seconds. seconds. 30 seconds, bang, bang. Thanks, Lucic. So again, I think Markstrom would have had that as well. But oh, easily look, would have had that one. People were harping on Riddick. That was his that was his sixth period of hockey. No, that was his fifth. Because he had one against Dallas and he <laughs> played one game so far. Yep. So that was his fifth period of hockey since March of last year. A calendar year, six periods of hockey. And he's getting shit on. It's unacceptable. And again, like, <laughs> those are not particularly easy shots to stop. Sure, Marshall would have had them. But when you haven't played, when you played, like you said, five periods of hockey since March, and you've got guys blowing shorthanded shots, like, right in the slot and flying in on the rush, like. And, and you're trying to resurrect, like, an earth-shattering lack of confidence, confidence thanks right? to your head coach putting you in against Dallas. Well, that's the thing I kept seeing is, like, gee, I wonder if the Dallas game affected Riddick's confidence. It's like, yeah, no shit! <laughs> Dude, to, to have that as your last period for, like, eight months, 
Come on. What do you expect? You think he hasn't been thinking about that for the last eight months every night? And then, dude, he played a great game after that. He was great after that. He, he tightened it up. I don't yep. think he had a, he had a chance on on the Ehlers goal. Which, by the way, man, how good is Ehlers? That's Fuck. dude. Ehlers. You said Connor's the best player on the Jets. I'll say Ehlers is the best player on the Jets. Dude, dude there's no so way. So good. Listen, there's no way Ehlers is better than Connor. Ehlers is better. Ehlers is is so good. Like I, he gets better and better every game we play him. That's an insane tip. That's it. That is an insane tip. And I know some people are like, oh, Riddick shouldn't have been out in the crease. What are you ta- or out challenging? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, have you ever played net? Like, what are you supposed to do? I. Even on those first two goals, it seemed like he did come out a little too far. Well, on the forward one. Yeah, the forward one for sure. But look, you're not saving that. If you get if, if a puck's going one way and it gets redirected, like two If feet Riddick's deep in his net, is he stopping that? No way. No. Mike Markstrom might have had that though. <laughs> yeah. Because he has everything. I mean, he's nothing gets everything. by him. He's so. got two shutouts this year. He's and again, all the goals that have been scored on him for the most part have been off of flame. Like he would if those if those Canucks and Leafs goals didn't go, and he'd have like four shutouts. So point is, Riddick made some excellent saves, especially in the third period. He gave us a chance to tie it up, like he did his job. Yep, he shut the door when he when he needed to. Yep. So we do get back in the game with an un, with that unbelievable pass from Dubé to Chucky, like you said, similar to the Val Mackie Geo. Valmaki Johnny combo. Sorry, Valmaki Johnny. Yeah, what we just talked about. Um, yeah, like that was that was that, that was pass great. from that pass from Dubé, man. Like through through everybody, man. Through everybody. There's nobody's a watching each other. Yeah, and then I mean, man, that third that I the Flames really like to do this. Eh? He was like, I was kind of getting ready to go to bed, and then they turn it on. And they score that goal. And man, great, great on un, that derated play by Johnny there. Like not only does he drive the net hard, but he fends off that defender to get that shot. That's a hard play to make when you're a little guy. Great play by Gaudreau. Yep. And I mean, heads up play by Kachuk. Cause like, I think most people would have just stopped. Like Sorry, never breakaway? stops when Kachuk scored the breakaway goal. Like Johnny hit the post. And and can we give Monahan some props? Like that was an unbelievable breakaway pass. Great pass. And um, look, Chucky playing with Johnny. Mm, interesting. Can we see a little more of that? Do you see even after like they've only played together, what, five times in the last five games for like one shift? It's already you're starting to see some chemistry. Mm, interesting how that works, eh? Mm. Dude, I totally thought Johnny scored that. I did too. I thought I was in. Even even from all the replays, I had to see the final like above from. So from, yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Give Kachuk credit for, yeah. for again, dude never quits, and this time right, it was, man. It was a very lot, valuable. A lot of guys would blow blow past there, and even some guys when they saw Johnny celebrating would start celebrating. They would yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not Chucky. No man, that was awesome. Yeah. And and it's funny because you know I've been texting you like, dude, where's Chucky? Where's Chucky? Like we're so used to him scoring big goals. Get us back in games. Fucking did it last last night. Sure did. So, and they they turned it on in the third. They dominated the third period. But again, just in when the Flames lose, a lot of it is like, man, just too little, too late, man. Like if they had started doing like start on time for once, you know, like if you play for that even for five minutes earlier, you win that game. Um, and they had well, some good looks. 
If your coach isn't obsessed with Malonucic, you might even win that game. Yeah, like that that power play too. Um, and, and this was circulating on Twitter too. That was too. fucking ridiculous. This was circulating too is that – imagine Sam Bennett did that. Oh, I know. Dude, I said the exact same thing. Like Dubé gets benched for taking a couple penalties in, in Whoa, the game prior. And, and the second one's nowhere near a penalty at all. Yeah, so he gets benched. Lucic, like what does this guy have to do – to get to to like he's get sad for a little bit outside of passing directly to the other team in the slot in front of his own net, which he has done once already. Dude could blast one, wind up and blast one into our own net, and he'd be out the next shift for his regular shift. I, like as absurd as that sounds, it, it would happen. Ward would be like, "It's okay, Luch, totally believe on you. Your bad mistake." I'm going to show my faith in you and put you out there in the next shift. Didn't he fact, take a dumb penalty in fact, right before that too? Is it, is it just me or does it seem like Lucic is out there just as much as Shifley is? He's out there a lot. Like if you look at when we play the Jets, it seems like every other shift, you either have Shifley or Ehlers. Shifley or Ehlers. Shifley or Ehlers. Lucic. Flames, the Flames, it's Lucic, Nordstrom, Ryan, Johnny, Chucky, Lucic, Nordstrom, <laughs> Chucky, Chuck. And even like you're coming back from commercial breaks. Why is the fourth line at the face-off He's, face got, he's got to shorten his bench. I do not understand this. Like everybody's rested. Roll. This is where you roll back to the first line or whatever line is the hottest out of the top three. And look, I'll give the fourth line credit. They've been better. The last they were two good five on five. But again, we're not talking about five on five. We're talking about late in the game when you're down by a goal and Lucic is out there on the power play. That's not an acceptable scenario. Like how There's, long is it? How long does this go on for? And the problem is going to go on and then he's going to score like he did last year on the power play. And then he'll earn another 400 million years on the power play. At what point is like, does anybody in media a not see what's going on. B not pay attention to social media. B have like you know, or C have like no idea how the fan base feels and want to hear the questions when you're talking to Ward. Can somebody ask him what obsession with Lucic is? Why doesn't somebody just straight up say what do you think Milan Lucic brings to your second power play unit? That gee, like Man, like I didn't even notice this. I guess I was too focused on Lucic being out there. But Mangiapane wasn't on wasn't on the ice for that second power play unit, was he? No. Like, what is notice? that? Dude. Like that's that that is unacceptable right there. It's, it's unbelievable is what and, it is. And the other thing too that was annoying is like he he yanked the first unit off like prematurely. Like why? Probably because Rass was ass. Well, get Rass off there. Yeah, that's the other thing is like put Hannafin on the top unit, get Rasmus off there, and you'd probably power plays 0 for six in the last two games. Yep. That's been the difference. Adjustment. Your special teams in the last two games. Yeah, it was lost, that. That game was probably the closest. You get a power play goal, you win that game probably, or you at least get a point. So yeah, get Lucic off. And look, I'll, my my point is is I don't care if somebody in the media has to pull Eric Francis and take Defort. Look, a lot of people are questioning your usage of Lucic. <laughs> Do you think you know you, you know is this a matter of rolling the four lines? Like, just ask. Otherwise, like, like, it's an echo chamber for him. Well, again, like I said, then he's gonna score, <laughs> he's gonna score a power play goal, and it'll be like, oh, see, 
It's like, yeah, I mean, I'll take those odds when he's out on every single power play. He might get one once in a while. All right, so then, look, what I did like at the end, even though we didn't tie it up, Jeff Almost Ward, tied it up, bro. Jeff Ward actually pulls the goalie with the right amount of time left and calls a timeout. I didn't think he was going to pull the goalie. I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think he was going to call a timeout. I was pleasantly surprised. And then he doesn't have Lucic out there as an extra attacker. Well, I think I texted you. I was like, over, under on Lucic out there. I think Rasmus, that's, that, that was kind of a meh. He had Rasmus and Geo out. With the other four guys, so I don't know. He probably could have been would have been better off with Monge or Backlund or Dubé. Like I'm, I'm serious, man. I need to see more Valimaki. When like when you see him making plays and he's playing well, yeah. then put him in those situations. Look, if he's having an off game, I get it. Don't put him out there. But when he's playing like he has been the last two games, that's when you give him more opportunities because that's how he's going to feed into his game. Like I'd have Valimaki on PP one right now, just even for a couple of looks. And if you don't like it. Well, maybe go back to Geo. Like, how honestly, many, how bad is how many fucking slap shots is Geo gonna take and, and either break a, bl- stick. break a stick or blow into somebody's shin pads or blow wide? Like, when the puck comes back to him for a shot, it's a non-threat right now. Well, and that's what was really annoying about the power play the last two games is those low percentage shots they were taking. Like, Rast is blasting one while he's kind of on like one leg, way back. Like, he's yeah. he's not even in a position where he should be shooting. Same with Geo. So, like, yeah. they got to cool it on those low percentage shots from the points that are, like, never going to go in. It's funny that you brought that up because I was watching that. I said to my brother, I'm like, if you're playing the point on the PP, you never, ever take a one-timer from your back leg. <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's like a, you know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But he has been ass. Okay, so was the, you, you always put those deserved for winning meters up. I think we deserved to win them both, didn't we? Um, definitely the, the game one. Um, I think game two was incredibly close. It, it kind of changes because it just it like runs on simulation. So it's like, does one simulation, um, I'm just going to pull it up right now. So the deserve a win to a meter today has Winnipeg at 51%. See, it's even changing right now. It was pretty much 50, 50 because they had very similar scoring chances, almost the exact same expected goals. So they're creating almost the exact same in terms of quality offense. But like we said, the special teams were the difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, your post game stats, you had um, Winnipeg winning the, the expected goal share at 41% to 49. So yeah, cl- yeah. Close super, game. super close, but just a little bit, a little bit more created by the jets. So is that eight games now or nine, eight or four, four and one. So nine. Yeah. Nine. So thoughts through nine. Yeah. It's kind of probably what we expected. When do they when when do they ever not five hundred yeah, below? Exactly, I was gonna say it's par for the course, right? It's like, yeah, they're they've been they've been really good, they've been really bad, they've been okay, they're four four and one, like that's pretty much been the mo of this team for a long time. It's like, yeah, they've been fine and they're they're five hundred. Like, when's the last time you saw them way above five hundred? Like, January February of twenty nineteen. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, something encouraging, you know, an encouraging stat to add to that. I'm not sure yeah. if it's puck analysis or whoever it was. I think hockey reference had hockey. It. Yeah, hockey reference. So according to them, the, the Flames have had the toughest NHL schedule so far into the season. Yeah, we haven't had any games against the Senators. And and that's due to opponents played, right? Like Montreal and Toronto, those are the top two teams in the division. Yeah. I think Winnipeg has looked good, man. 
Yeah, like if, I, if if I had to rank the t- the the teams right now, I tr- Montreal's been so good. I still go Toronto one, Montreal two, um, Winnipeg three, and then probably Calgary four, just because like Edmonton scoring a lot, but they can't keep the puck out of their net. So it, it's Winnipeg has been better than I expected. Yeah, if I'm doing power rankings right now, I'm going Montreal one, Toronto two. Uh, Winnipeg three, Calgary four, and then it's close, but I'll go Edmonton five, Vancouver six, but Vancouver is starting to trend up. It helps when you play Ottawa three times in a row, like we're seeing with the Oilers right now. Dude, Ottawa, um, I'm sorry, but they're worse than I expected. I expected them to be really bad, Um, but I mean, only one win this season. I don't know if I expected them to be you know what? I kind of did actually expect them to be this bad. If you look at their roster, it's like it's not it's an NHL. Else. It's not an NHL thing. You pretty much have like one legitimate NHL top six player. Yeah, not even legit. It. Like it's gets Kachuk, and that's pretty much it. It's terrible. And you know, the pickup of Murray was maybe going to help them, but it's not. He's he's been brutal too. Dude, he's been terrible, and a lot of people saw that coming. It's like, dude, do you realize he makes more than Jacob Markstrom? Are you serious? 6.5, yeah. right? I think he makes 6.5 or 6.75, but he makes more. And, and they gave up what? Like a first and a, something else to get him? Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That makes Bradshaw Living his stock go up a little bit, hey? Yeah. it's Bradshaw Living's stock is for us is like as volatile as game stock right now. All right. So coming up, we have the Jets again. Um you know, th- this is going to air on Thursday, February 4th, which is another matchup against the Jets. Please, can we just win this? Like, I want to win a series. Can- uh, you got to win, man. Outside outside of Van- at at some point, you got to start getting some, getting get some traction. Stringing some wins. Yeah, traction. That's the word I'm looking for. You got to start stringing some wins together at some point. So, but, you know, to me, they have been doing that. Their game is starting to build a little bit. We got Markstrom going back in between the pipes, which is a good thing, right? I like our chances when Markstrom's in net. <laughs> yeah. But, and... You know, but this is usually the time now when we start to get some traction that Ward really sinks us deep. So let's just hope that he's learning as he goes. I keep saying that and just to be disappointed, but um, then we got Edmonton coming up. What are you like? Oh, oh man. Well, Cassie was getting into with Brady the other night, so he's getting warmed up. Eh? Who knows? Um, anyways. We gotta beat we gotta beat Winnipeg, dude. We just gotta make it happen, and then we have to beat Edmonton. I, I cannot, I will not be able to handle losing to Edmonton. I just I can't do it at this point right now. I don't. I can't. I can't. Welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, 
the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Braden Chan texted me and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent the Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your ear Never wanting to leave the ice when the pain set in So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcast from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump Listen to Blue Notes and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun.